Yeah. Pretty much. That's what he say normally. Can't can't hear it because I haven't turned down all the way. Get yourself a Craig. Everybody should have a Craig. All right, so we're going to jump on over in the stream over to Lookout Landing. Because that is what we're talking about. And guys, if you if you're looking for names of NPCs, <laughs> look somewhere else. <laughs> I remember two specific names other than like Pira uh, and Robbie and Joshua. Those are like the main ones. I got a couple more. Joshua. Uh, and then I have two more after that that I thought were hilarious. But like the um, the leader of the Zonai scouting team or whatever. I have no idea what his name was. I got you. Oh, and for the sake of this recording, I think I'm going to go ahead and mute the game, which is going to be a little bit odd for anybody coming into the stream. So I apologize for that, but we do not need game audio for what we're about to do. We just need our voices. Hey. Check, check, check. I'm right, the game audio. Through. You're doing what now? I'll be the game audio. <laughs> You'll be the game audio. Even though you can't see the game. <laughs> so this being episode 55, I believe it's Cam's intro as well. I wanted this to be really authentic. I would jump off of the Temple of Time. Radio voice time. Radio voice time? Radio You're listening to A for No, B for Yes live. Which kind of radio voice are you doing? You do retro old time radio voice? You're doing smooth jazz late night DJ <laughs> audio voice? It's the one I always do, man. That's my intro thing. Oh, I, I, I got you. I should, I should mention that we did forget something last episode. Um, and that's something was the uh the actual zonai mines up on the great sky island uh we didn't talk about the refinery at all mm, thought we did so like the dudes who are uh actually trying to mine for zona or for zonite up on the top of the thing um and how they can process it into not only charges but crystallized charge like and then the dude who makes battery power from that we yeah, haven't didn't talked about him either yeah you can make batteries. Alkaline. You can make batteries. I'm feeling fine and magnetically alkaline, man. <laughs> There's no way to get <laughs> enough materials to actually do it. Unless you were to hang out on the Great Sky Island for a very long time, past multiple blood wounds. I am the chromosomal anomaly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So, I think overall, I'm good to start whenever you guys are ready. Yep.
Welcome to A4 No, B4 Yes, the Zelda theme podcast that's currently diving into the new release of Tears of the Kingdom. The last episode, we covered the beginning area of the Great Sky Island, and now we're diving down to the first major city where we're going to meet some important NPCs. Lookout Landing. Yeah. My name is Cameron Hagee, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Ryan Fonzie, and I'm a Red Bacoblin. And I am T. Giggles. And I'm a Dr. Pepper, strawberries and cream. Is that the sweet one? Oh, it's the sweet one. It's the sweet one. It's Dr. Clean. 27 <laughs> flavors in one. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm a chromosomal anomaly. That's not the sweet one. I think the sweet one was like cherry or something. Yeah, no, it's strawberries and cream. It's actually too sweet for my taste. It's, it's 270 calories and 100 and... Well, you know, since we talk about can in front of you right now. he's drinking it. That is actually this is wait, this is, is water right? mixed with it. This is water mixed with it. Okay, it's, it's 130 grams of sugar. See, usually when okay. pops come out and I order them for the store that I work for, like they don't do too well. But that one, whoo, straight gone from the get go. Yeah, it's all that. It's all that marketing. People loving that stuff. <laughs> Listen, Dr. Pepper is an interesting animal in that it's not apparently owned by Pepsi or Coca-Cola. And I always ask myself that whenever I think of Dr. Pepper. I'm like, wait, which group is that? Um, it's neither. They're their own thing. I don't, I don't, they just, they somehow managed to crack the code and be like the third soda company. They're just cruising, man. They're just cruising. They're riding through life, enjoying it, doing what they want, coming out with flavors. Yeah, apparently they get to choose who they're distributed through in certain areas. Some places it's Coke, some places it's Pepsi. In our area, it's Pepsi. We're doing really great at our podcast so far. We are! Welcome to the Dr. Pepper <laughs> theme podcast. I'll <laughs> learn about all your Dr. Pepper themes and facts. It's just We didn't even make it past the intro before we found a tangent. Uh, Alright, so like I think we said in the intro, we're talking about our first steps in Hyrule here. We got off of the main plateau. We did our big old dive into some water, right? Or onto the land, if you so wished. Uh, yeah, I mean, landing on land now is detrimental to the health of Link, but you could have, I guess. Or if um, you're really good, you might have been able to just land on a tree and start climbing it. That sounds bonkers. I saw a video of a guy dive off of an extremely high area. Maybe it was just the tower. And they went shooting down into lookout landing and somehow went into the hole in the center that we're going to talk about and caught the ladder. Yeah. And lost all of, their, all of their wow. downward momentum immediately. Just straight That's up incredible. like Jason Bourne Zelda. It was like pretty you. incredible. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're a regular player, <laughs> ca casual even, one might say, um, you're going to be looking for water, but we were given a pretty clear, uh, what do they call it? A nudge in, in gaming terminology to head towards this tower. We get a whole voice from Zelda. that's like, Link, you must find me. And it shows the tower at Lickout Landing, uh, which is almost to indicate Zelda's trying to tell you to go there as if you're going to find her there. Uh, spoiler, we're not, we're not going to find her there. So I don't know what that was about other than the game trying to get us to go there. I've heard rumors of people just 
neglecting to listen to this nudge and when they hit the ground they just go randomly running off in the wrong direction and the reason that you wouldn't want to do that is because lookout landing is actually where you get a lot of key information in the game as well as a uh, paraglider so if you go running off you can actually accomplish quite a bit in this game without a paraglider but it is not going to be as convenient so in my playthrough without knowing that <laughs> i still just followed the nudge and headed over to this lookout landing so uh, i don't know yeah i don't know if you guys had any other experiences i know nearby where you land there's some random building materials uh so i did take some time to play with those but that was just to build a vehicle to make my way to the landing yeah i built a straight up lego vehicle and then i drove it I well, it was like a hill, and I remember I just kind of crashed into the dude who's standing out front, who's like, "Link, is that really you?" And I just completely <laughs> crashed into him because, like, oh, you don't man. you don't get like there's like no devices to steer yet the vehicles, so they kind of just do what they want, and so my dude just went right into him. Yeah. He was fine though. No <laughs> critical bad man. He's taking out the <laughs> villagers. The NBCs are pretty tough. They can usually handle stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we get our way. The landing, uh, if I had to describe it, since I'm staring at it out of my screen right now, uh, it's a fort built with uh, kind of hodgepodge planks. Like, they're not cut to a standard size. And it's surrounding the, it's almost like the fountain on the way in to the, to like, uh, Hyrule Castle, Hyrule Town. I mean, I don't know if the actual... It's not actually the fountain. The fountain's up on Central Square, I think. Oh, no. This used to be the fountain, for sure. So they built a fort around it and actually got rid of the fountain. <laughs> Rip Which fountain. is interesting. Rip fountain. They they dug it out. They're using the plumbing system that used to be for the fountain as a as a bunker. Pretty much. Yeah. And everybody is kind of set up here. Uh, in response to this great upheaval, like everybody that you talk to is talking about the upheaval and how it just happened. And, you know, you and Zelda have gone missing. They're so happy to see you, but they're all confused. Like, hey, where's Zelda? If you guys were together when you left, you're back. Where is she? And you can't really explain it to anybody, like any of the casual NPCs. Like they don't, I mean, they might mention like, oh, she's not here with you. Okay. So we got to find her then. Uh, and they actually have, like, crews that are looking for her actively, looking for both of you, actually. Like, you coming back was a surprise. So this fort was built in response to the upheaval, which was, you know, the castle going up and in, into the air. Um, I guess some other things may have gotten lifted or torn apart as well. Uh, monsters are attacking everywhere. And the Sky Islands, which did not come from the ground, they were actually just already up in the air. Uh, became visible so everybody's just freaking out there's like there's gloom everywhere there's all these chasms that are coming up out of the ground uh world's got problems and they deemed it the upheaval and if you take a look at any of the guards weapons all of the weapons are just tarnished beyond belief and they're just degraded yeah they all forgot how to care for their weapons yeah all at the same time <laughs> Cross that rule. Right. Did either of you guys um go to the bunker first or did you go talk to Pira first? Oh Pira. I had no clue where Pira was, so I think 
I talked to the guy, the scorpion guy in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I know, I know who you're talking about. I'm actually standing right next to him. Scorpus? Yeah, Scorpus. I talked to him first and kind of did that stuff because I didn't know where Pyrrha was at first. Yeah. And I don't know if... Does he tell you about the bunker? I mean, the bunker is pretty cool. We can go over that, but I just... I thought maybe we talk about Pyrrha first. Um, I didn't find out about the bunker for a while. No, the bunker's not <laughs> open in the beginning, I believe, until you talk to Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So everybody... It's kind of like when you first got into Hateno and Breath of the Wild and everybody was like... Yeah, up the hill, there's some craziness going on. You should go check that out. Um, and they're all directing you to go meet Pura. Then it's like the exact same scenario. You get into this into this uh, lookout landing, and all of the characters are trying to direct you to go talk to Pura again, but this time by name. They're like, "Yeah, Pura's been like running this whole operation. Uh, she she would like probably like to see you if as long as you're you know back and here and everything." So they all direct you over to the little research lab-esque place. It's pretty cool. I just found out just now that there's a periscope on top of it that you can actually use to look at the castle. Uh, so that that's fun. I didn't realize that, but that's cool. Um, but before you can make it that far, uh, the second you get up onto this little wooden boardwalk, and I think once you get to the uh, the Hylia symbol that's written, that's like drawn on the ground, Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a cutscene of Pura coming out of her her lab. No, uh, Joshua or Josha? What's her name? Joshua. I've been calling her Joshua. Oh yeah, she she kind of sees you and she's like, uh, da 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 doctor Pura. Oh uh, the, yeah, the yeah, dude yeah. is back. The one dude with Zelda. Like she doesn't <laughs> even call you Link. The dude, that one she's guy. Like, the swordsman's back, Pura, and then she like is like. Oh, you're like me. crash her way over to the door. The door slides open, and there, standing in front of us, is a twenty-year-old Pura. <laughs> um, so people have been confused by this. Uh, I actually went and read one of her diaries. I think at this point, I've I've read maybe three of them because she actually spread out her diary in this game. Um, she has it written. Like in the old one, if you went up to the top of the research lab, you could you could find her whole diary all written out about her whole experience about being de-aging down to like a six-year-old. Um, in this game, there's actually an anecdote in one of them about her reversing that. Uh, reversing that mistake, but not all the way. Like she basically said, I was sick of being a six-year-old. It was ridiculous. Like not not helpful to what I was doing. Like, sure, I had energy, but also I lacked focus because I was six. <laughs> and so she decides to, like, dial back the power on the tools she was using, and she actually re-aged herself up to age 20. So I think in the canon of the game, based on what I've seen, um, just from exploring beyond what we're going to talk about today, um, I would estimate maybe somewhere between five and eight years have passed. Um, I think that's that's about right. Four to eight, five to eight, something like that. Not hmm. enough for her to become a twenty-year-old. Um, that's that's completely a result of her her doing her own experiments again. Um, so she uh she put herself where she wanted to be. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think the character design on her in this game is uh is masterfully done. Uh, 
I think the one thing that really stands out to me is that her goggles, when she puts them up into her hair, they become a bow. <laughs> Which um I don't know. I just thought that was really creative. Mm. And the uh and the color theory that's on her with all the reds and off whites and stuff. Um, it's just really good. <laughs> I know that's I a just, weird comment to make, but I think the character design is on point. I just like her glasses, how they have the three little dots, and it kind of reminded me of the lens of truth a little bit. Oh yeah, she does have like the like the Sheikah yeah. symbol thing. Right. Yeah. Very Sheikah. I mean she has a teardrop uh kind of formed by the collar of her shirt as well. So there's like a whole lot of Sheikah imagery going on. Yeah, she's so, kinda cute, you know. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh she is surprised to see you. I mean, she goes right back to calling you Linky again. Apparently, that's just the thing that she does at every age. Um, and you have a whole conversation about the upheaval and about Lookout Landing and about, well, mainly about the fact that Zelda's still missing. Um, but Link tells her the whole story about what he's been through. Uh, and I think at this point, it's recommended that we go meet up with one of the uh, search crews up at the castle but i think she does first recommend that we get some rest uh i'm trying to think if i have this in the right order because i know that there's also a deal with the whole tower but i don't know if that comes before or after we do the rest of this no you're right oh okay so she wants us she to tells go, us to go first talk to the dude in the uh haas or whatever his name is haas sounds right who's in the direction of the castle or where it used to be yeah I mean, he's he's pretty far up the castle, actually. <laughs> in actuality, he's not just in the direction of the castle. He's, like, at one of the lookouts. Uh, the gatehouses, I believe is what they're called. The first gatehouse. Yeah, Which he's, like, like, on the edge of where it actually upheaved. Right. I feel like for anyone playing Breath of the Wild, and even as close as very recently, or even if you just played it once, like, a long time ago, you remember to stay far away from the castle at any given point in the game until you were pretty beefy. And then this game is just kind of like, yeah, so that thing that we told you to stay away from, uh, yeah, go go into it right now. Yep. Beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah, immediate, immediately. I mean, they were like, hey, uh, now that you've touched down and you have like four hearts, how about you just go to the castle? And for me, I was like, are you sure about that? Like are you, like are you for real right now? Uh, because this was Guardian Central. I mean, this was you couldn't you couldn't take three steps without a laser pointer getting fixed on Link. Like you really like it was very late game stuff. Even when it wasn't Guardians, it was high level enemies. Um, but usually it was Guardians, you know. Uh, but yeah, we're we're instructed to just kind of walk up. And surprisingly, I mean, when we get up to Central Hyrule Square. I mean, sure, there's like red clouds and stuff, but there's not really any enemies. It's actually a giant like rebuilding project where they have planks and little, uh, you know, boards and stuff kind of sitting out trying to get ready to rebuild the town, um, which is kind of cool. I'm guessing that was all put there before the upheaval. <laughs> uh, and since construction's probably stopped. <laughs> I mean, I remember on my way to Lookout Landing, coming up to one of those little, like it's just it's literally like a like a stage with 
a bunch of building materials staged on the stage, right? And if you read the signs, they explain that it's a part of like the uh, Hudson Construction Company's reconstruction project of Hyrule. Uh, like Zelda made a special request to Hudson to have all these materials placed around in order to facilitate the rebuild that would be happening. Uh, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> the rebuild has not fully been realized. So instead, what we have is just a bunch of Legos <laughs> scattered about that we get to play with. Um, con convenient explanation for for a game mechanic being widely available. And this is where I first met Addison. The man, Addison. the myth, the legend himself. <laughs> oh, jeez. Addison is a member of Hudson Construction. <laughs> he has the Hudson haircut. He's a big <laughs> fan of Hudson. Uh so big a fan that he will stand out in the rain like all forms of weather honestly uh holding up a sign of hudson uh that he is too afraid to let go of uh so that he can you know build a proper base <laughs> for so he holds up these signs and he asks you to to well he doesn't even ask you for help he's just so nervous and freaked out uh the implication is that he needs help so as link uh, you you can help him just by holding up one of these signs with by building something around it. You you have ultra hand, so you should be able to just hold the sign directly. But for some reason, that's not a thing in the game. Um, or just you, you know attach a piece of wood to the bottom of it real quick. Right, you can't even attach anything directly to the signs. Like there's there's some weird rules about these signs that don't that really shouldn't apply to them that make it kind of silly that you have to help this guy out all the time. Yeah. I actually didn't know how to do this the first time I ran into him and I ended up leaving without helping him because I tried to just catch it with ultra hand as it fell or attach items to it. And I'm like, it's kind of silly that I have the ability to attach anything to anything essentially, but your sign is just indomitable to my will. <laughs> I just, I can't do anything to your sign. I can't affix something to the bottom for you. I can't just catch it as it's falling and hold it for you. So I just left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got a comment here in the chat. Tom says, I didn't even know you could help him with the sign. I walked away because he seemed rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, who's this flavor character <laughs> that they just put here to get on my Indeed, nerves? Indeed, he is rude. He, he doesn't even give you a good reward. He just cares about Hudson. He does not care about you at all. I love that when he, when you like, if you don't support the sign and it just drops, he just freaks out and is like, "What? How Why unforgivable you of you!" I'm like, "Unforgivable? Yeah. Whoa, dude! It's just a sign." Like, calm yeah, down. No, he's he's obsessed. <laughs> uh, he almost always gives you twenty rupees. Um some some rice balls of a different variety depending on what location he's in and uh, uh aaron hughes thank you for the like on the stream uh and like one other thing like an elixir or something like it's usually something small uh but yeah his his rewards aren't stellar um but it's like one of those things it's almost like collecting koroks he's just he's around if you don't feel like if you like building better than cooking you might you might be friends with him um, because he will give you some convenient food dishes that are already pre-made. It was at least one time that all he gave me was a red rupee. <laughs> he 
here's this for your troubles. Now, I'm going to go to the next sign and be pathetic there. Yeah. Uh, few other characters in this area as well. Uh, I know that there's, I don't know her name because I don't have notes on this, but there is a shrine in this area. Uh, and you find one of the Zonai survey team, like just fascinated with it. She's trying to research it. She's like, I don't know how these things work or what they're for, but there's one here and it's a, look at it. It's like an alien <laughs> egg, right? Uh, so you go and you open it and she, you know, flips her bean and she's just like, like my brain is spinning. How did you do that? Uh, takes probably take some notes, but you know, the thing is after this whole scenario, it's kind of a ghost town. <laughs> like everybody that you meet on the way disappears and goes and does something else. Uh, so I can't even reference it right now. I'm like playing the game in this area and there's just nobody here, but, um, but yeah, pretty much, uh, there's her, there's, uh, Addison, uh, there's a bunch of guards up the hill to the castle and everybody's telling you that Haas is further up. He's actually at the first gatehouse, right? So we can go up, meet some of the guards. Uh, a lot of them won't let you into the castle infrastructure right now. Um, you're very much getting railroaded straight to Haas. Yeah. So Haas is part of the monster control crew. I don't think he's actually part of the Zonai crew. He's the monster control crew. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they just like rail like uh kind of split him off from the monster control crew to be the search party for you and Zelda just for the time being. Gotcha. Essentially. Right. Uh, so yeah, so we make our way up. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty straight path. I don't think there's anything too eventful, uh, on the way. Uh, I mean, there are, there are toys. I mean, at this point it was so early on in the game. I remember trying to build carts that would get me up the hill. Um, but the thing is I had not found any kind of steering sticks or anything. So, uh, everything was just like, send it straight forward and see what happens. And usually it wasn't that helpful. It would have been yeah. faster just to run. But yeah, so we make our way up the hill. Again, I remember trying to get past some of these guards to go into the castle, and they were like, whoa, buddy, you can't do that. I have strict orders that nobody enters the castle. It's and too like, gloomy in there. I love how <laughs> a few of them are okay. like, whoa, you look just like Link. I mean, if you were Link, I'd let you through, but... Well, we're actually looking for Link, so you can't be Link. And I'm like, we're actually what? looking for Link, so but I'm Link. You can't be Link. <laughs> <laughs> you you just assume you're looking in the wrong place. Like, why are you looking if that's the case? Right. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we make our way up to Haas. I keep saying that because we keep kind of getting derailed here. Um, and I think you catch them in the middle of a discussion. But that discussion gets very quickly interrupted by a, a Zelda sighting, right? Um, like Haas and one of his second in command people are are discussing like, you know, how hard looking for Zelda has been. I actually don't know what they're talking about, but I do know that uh, we get a cutscene here of Zelda appearing just out on one of these like castle tower areas. She got uh, her own climbing gear. Yeah, she's just like looking off into the distance. She's not really pointing out anything. She's not really doing much of anything. And then she kind of turns into a ball of light, floats up a little bit, and disappears. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I guess she's just making appearances from from the past now or something. You know, like she's just 
wherever she is, she somehow has a way to send uh, images of herself is almost how it comes across to me. Like, she's not really there for you to talk to. She, she like, had some kind of plan for people to see things at certain times. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of them, where she just kind of appears and then disappears, and everybody freaks out about it. This is one of the first names that I remember, aside from, like, the main characters. Uh, because not only does Haas and his, like, first mate see it, right? But if you walk just across the way, like, there's, like, a, he's, he's, uh, they're on, like, one corner of this lookout. Uh, and on the opposite corner on the same side, like, where you would still be able to see Zelda, but from further back, there was another NPC who was freaking out. And he, uh, his name was Saw 2. And Saw 2 saw it, too. <laughs> and i laughed i was like of course they would name him saw (laughs) two that's straight up s-a-w-t-u i'm like there's no way that's not a pun because he's like the third guy who saw what happened um but yeah (laughs) so this is a great mystery uh that we don't have any answers to but we are told to report back to lookout landing with what just happened Um, i think this is where I think your guys' journey and my journey sort of uh, split. Because at this point, for me, I went exploring around the castle grounds. That yeah. are terrible. The castle grounds do open up. I don't remember. I didn't remember them opening up right away. But, um, but they do get open pretty soon after this, if not. But it sounds like if you were able to explore the castle, then some, some dudes must have gotten out of the way. Well, you can just get in like through the docks area, or there's like another hole that opened up because of the upheaval by the oh. giant chasm that was caused by the castle. So gotcha. You can yeah, get the in guards are just them. guarding the actual doors. Yeah. They're not really guarding the caves. And uh, there are some scary scary new creatures that are in the castle that you should not be engaging with at four hearts let me tell you i think we should save that adventure (laughs) for one of our adventure episodes i'm totally Um, down for that because i don't think you actually need to go in the castle at any point in this game Um, at least not in the top part uh, I think that there might be some stuff in, in the chasms down there and, and whatnot, because that's, you know, where the beginning of the story happened. Um, there is a tomb that I just came across again, but I remember coming across this when, when I was actually playing it the first time. Uh, there's like a tombstone out in the central Hyrule, um, and it actually has written on it, I dedicate this monument to the memory of the souls lost to the Calamity, signed by Zelda. Uh, so that's another cool little detail about this portion of the game, if you come across that. It's actually right by Addison. It's like right across the street from Addison. So if you know where Addison is, you can find this tomb. Uh, it's probably not actually a tomb, it's just like a monument. But, um, but that's there as well. So yeah cool stuff up at the castle a little bit little bit um unexpected i mean to even be asked to do that but um i think that that's a really cool way to keep the like the player uncomfortable right mm-hmm. on their toes like not not feeling like the game is predictable anymore 
which I mean, they've already been doing a, a great job at, but just to just to show how much the world has changed, they're like, oh, by the way, the super dangerous areas aren't necessarily super dangerous anymore. You really don't know what to expect. What's around what corner? Pretty much. So we come back to the landing. Uh, we talk to Pura about the happenings up at the castle. I mean, everybody kind of has the same reaction about this whole sighting. <laughs> Is like, yeah, this that's really weird. We don't really know how to explain that. What's happening? Like, why would we see her? Why would she disappear? Uh, I think very soon after, though, we do get word that there have been other sightings around Hyrule, and I think this might have come from the um, the pelican guy, right? Pen. I don't know if this is actually yeah. Pen. Mm. So like, yeah, I think she tells us about that, and she tells us about the Skyview Tower as well. Right. And the and the uh what what the bunker? What's it called? I don't remember what they called the bunker. Uh I could probably jump down in it and see what it's called. It's called the emergency shelter. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, she tells you about the emergency shelter because she actually she recommends that you get some rest before you go on to your next thing. And there are beds inside the shelter. So the emergency shelter is the fountain dug up basically there is no more fountain there i don't know what they did with the fountain uh don't know what they did with the actual pieces of it that were there um because i don't see them randomly fixed to any of the buildings or anything around so i wonder if they just straight up you know uh disposed of it or something but it is not here anymore but yeah she uh she does mention the tower they've been having trouble with, uh, mainly because they don't have somebody to do the test run <laughs> of it. But they decide that since you know you're known for for being quite uh, crazy, uh, crazy, uh, durable, <laughs> you, <laughs> you survive quite a bit of of, uh, of height based situations. That you're the perfect candidate for how these towers were made to work. It seems as if they were made to work specifically with Link in mind, uh, which is weird. You think they could have sent a Rito or something, but no, it's Link's job. Peter's like, wait, you telling me you coming from that island up there in the sky? <laughs> you fell from there and you're alive? You're testing this tower then. Gonna- we're shooting you out of tower. Yeah, <laughs> we're, sh- we're shooting you out the cannon, bro. Uh, it's funny. She doesn't even explain what's going to happen either, which is hilarious. She's just like, by the way, you have the the pure pad, which is perfect. That's what you're going to need. Uh, and you're the you're the perfect candidate for this. Which just go in there, uh, you know, touch the little dial, and you are you're, you're good to go. You got this. Oh, and by the way, you're going to need this. And then she gives you the uh, the uh, the paraglider. Paraglider, which is which is nice. It means that we can actually a long lost like, treasure. Have, have a safe trip back down. It's it's such a weird, like, um, unceremonious gifting <laughs> compared to, like, all the work you had to do in the first game uh, and while in Breath of the Wild for it. Right. She's just like, oh, by the way, you're going to need this here. Just casually hands it to you. Uh, but, yeah, we go into the tower. Uh, some guardian arms kind of pop out of the floor mm-hmm. um, and hook us up into the into yeah, link's not about the situation i mean i wouldn't be about first that, first but. time this happens link is like what is the right I also mean, like he probably has ptsd <laughs> like <you> just <laughs> throw him in there and be like oh by the way this works with guardian parts you remember those things that used to like rip you to pieces yeah well 
<laughs> yeah, and like from the trailer, because you see this happen in the trailer, and it just led me down this path of believing that this was like a critical moment, like a bad part of the game where arms just come out and like grab Link and do who knows what, and come to find out that it's just like how you, you know, discover the map. How you view the map. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I was like, oh, this is not at all what I thought this was gonna be. Right. So this so the system that uh they they landed on for whatever reason was that they were going to shoot Link up into the stratosphere uh <laughs> with the equivalent of like a cell phone camera, uh so <laughs> that he could scan the topography of the area. Uh and then the tower itself would like process that information and return to you a map. So you you shoot up into the air, Link pulls out the pure pad, just kind of waves it around like a dingus. You see, <laughs> you see I mean, listen, it's a beautiful cutscene. <laughs> like, somehow actually rivals, you know, the tower, the, uh, the towers lighting up in Breath of the Wild, um, because Link is literally soaring through the sky as this all happens, and you get some beautiful landscape shots. But the whole process is very silly. He um he waves around his camera. You can actually see like the scanner, <laughs> like looking at yeah. the ground, I guess. And then yeah, you see the cord that was attached to the pure pad. Some information goes down it. Some different colored information comes back up it, and then you get your map. It's like exactly how we get topography maps here, right? I mean, same process. Same process. Right? I just did it the other day. Yeah, you did. Survey my backyard. Yeah. Maybe. That's yeah. like, you know, every Tuesday for me. <laughs> but I also, I like how the uh the radar, the way they visualize the radar scan looks like the tractor beam out of like a 1980s alien movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's like reverse, I can't. <laughs> They're pulling us in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do we do, Captain? Uh yeah, it's very silly. So we get our first section of map. It's like Central Hyrule. It's pretty much the hardest one to get in the other game because it used to be surrounded by Guardians. But in this game, it's the first one that we get as they are rebuilding Hyrule. So really cool flip the script kind of deal. And when we come back down, we can go check out the emergency shelter, right? Don't you also get shown the rest of them around? Like you get like a sweeping shot showing all the lights coming off the top of the other towers across the land. Probably. You probably do. I mean, listen, I I played this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, me too, my gay. Same night. <laughs> oh no, Cam, you're right. Don't they like shoot stuff off the towers when you do that? Oh, one? they do like fire. Oh, yeah. right. It was the big firework show. Yeah. yeah, and then that brings your attention to all the lights on the other towers. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, right. So all the towers are now available, just like with the other one. The first tower kind of lights up the rest. I say just like the other one, just like Breath of the Wild. Um, the other open worlds of the game. The other open worlds. Yeah. Of the whenever I, whenever you hear me say the first one, what I'm talking about is Breath of the Wild because this is a direct sequel, and I just kind of think of them as their own little mini series. Yeah, just like the Legend of Zelda on the SNES, where they shot you out of towers to get those topography shots, my gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, down in the emergency shelter. Um, there's a bunch of different dudes we can talk to. This is the second, because Pure originally told us to go like get some rest. So one of the first things I did was come over to the beds 
and there's a dude who's sleeping like pretty much continuously. Guess what his name is? Sleepy? Drowsy? His name is Nappin. Slumber. N-A-P-P-I-N. Nappin. So like there there's a pretty serious naming convention. It's not everywhere, but it's it's enough where you can tell that there's a certain person who was who was given authority over names <laughs> had some fun with it. Um, there are some more missions later on in the game where this kind of thing will happen again, where the names are just like hilariously exactly what you know what their character is about and what they do. Uh, but yeah, Sawtu and Nappin were were the two that actually made me laugh during this whole section of the game. Yeah, I didn't even pick Sawtu up when I I know I talked to him because he was the third guy on that platform, but I didn't the name didn't like strike me until you said it. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta be on the lookout now. It's pretty funny. There's a later character I want to bring up this naming convention for. <laughs> Is it Haggy? No. <laughs> no it's not the person named after me. <laughs> Down here, there's also a character that stood out to me who is Kosi, K-O-S-I. He's constantly, like, trying to fix up some armor. It looks like he's trying to fix up some soldier's armor, but he also has, like, some diminished weapons just kind of sitting around that he's he's pretty much told you you can take if you want. They're not really useful um, or not valuable. Like, he he's clearly someone who either was a soldier, uh, probably classically trained, but just is not happy with the way the upheaval has degraded all of the weapons. The first time I ever found a weapon that wasn't degraded, I brought it back to him, hoping he would have some kind of reaction to it, but he did not. <laughs> he didn't even notice. <laughs> like I, I, like I, He didn't notice it that I just had it the way an NPC normally would, um, but I also like pulled it out and dropped it in front of him and everything, like nothing. Couldn't get anything out of him. So a lot of the people down here are kind of like that. There's Growlins and Atmos, who are both like looking at maps, um, they are kind of part of the whole monster control crew. I think Atmos might actually be a Zonai person, but let me see. No, he's just Atmos is just a map guy, apparently. Um, but Growlins is for sure got like a war map out on a table, and he's talking about the monster control crew. Which is honestly a kind of a side mission, side quest type deal. I haven't engaged with it yet, so I don't really have much to say about it. But apparently, from what I understand, those crews, they're actually like battles that you can get into. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Mm. Aside from actually the whole clear out this area, and then it gives you, you know, here are the monsters, collective health bar. I haven't actually been in any full battles, so... I don't know about that one yet. It's actually really fun. Um, there's actually one not too, not too far south of Lookout Landing. Like it's pretty darn close to Lookout Landing. I think it's southwest. It's like, I think one of the closest monster settlements. And Haas, Captain Haas, actually shifted. I think once you talk to the map guy, Atlas, or one of those guys, that gives you like those missions. Mm-hmm. I think once you talk to them, you can go like right out of Lookout Landing and find Haas's monster control crew kind of like chilling in the bushes. <laughs> uh, like okay. like they're like just stalking out the monster camp. And then like you come there and he's like, oh, Link, you're here. He's like, would you want to help us destroy this monster settlement? 
and then you're like sure yeah and then when you do they just all charge forward into the base like a straight up beginning of the chivalry game okay and they're just like oh. okay. and they, they have all their weapons out and then you just have a straight up war and like i think there's probably youtube videos people have seen or shown of like you know you can build like a zonai device for these engagements and like have that go in as well along with all the soldiers and it just makes it more fun yeah but, now that you say that i actually have done one of these but it's much further on in the game oh okay and I, I yeah it didn't occur to me that that's what it was at first but um but yeah and we can we can talk about that when we get to it i guess if i remember <laughs> uh also in this shelter is dion who'll teach you about cooking uh there's chemo who will read <laughs> yeah. you the news uh there's, there's a statue there's a yeah there's a goddess statue there's jaren who uh you know is robbie's wife i guess i mean for the one from breath of the wild um she's just kind of doing some maintenance work down here sweeping up and stuff like that and there's a couple of blank walls as well uh one of which i have opened which actually came i believe i ended up opening it by coming back the other way through a tunnel uh, but again, I think that's better left for an adventure episode. Mm. Uh, and then there's another blank wall that I don't know if it's going to be anything. But we'll see. I, I know Jaren has a quest for you. I, I don't know if it was now or if I came back to the emergency shelter at some point and she had this quest, but she has a quest for you in this emergency shelter that she hears screaming and voices coming from the walls in the shelter. Yeah. Screaming? So she, like, yeah, she heard, like, screams, and she said she heard voices. And, like, something's, like, trying to talk to her, to, like, coax her into the wall, essentially, the one that she's cleaning by. Like, I did this so, like, I know what it is, but I don't want to say too much because I I don't know at what point in the game this quest happens. I, I also did this. Um, oh, okay. Which is, which is why I have that whole, like, it opened up, but when I came through a tunnel on the other side. Oh, I just went straight through it from that side. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. I guess I didn't find it until I explored from the wrong direction, so uh, <laughs> it's all good. Um, But yeah, that's that's the gist of the shelter. It's very much like, you know, part of the central effort of... You know, we're exploring, we're discovering, we're trying to, like, keep monsters at bay. It, it's basically, you know, the response team to the upheaval. Like, this is their this is their headquarters. Outside, you, you can find people combat training. You can find a shop. Uh, interestingly enough, at the shop... Same clothes. Well, yeah, it starts out with uh, just the Hylian set, right? From, yeah. Like, you might recognize from Breath of the Wild. You know, the hood, the tunic, the trousers, that whole thing. Uh, but it's the shop actually run by two uh, Lurellan inhabitants, or they used to be anyway. What you find out from that is that most of the people from Lurellan have been removed from their hometown. So Garini and Mubs are here running a shop, and they're so concerned about home uh, because things have just not been going well for the people of Lurellan. Uh, so there's a couple places where you can run into other members of that, you know, little oceanside town. 
Uh, and they're all kind of having the same worries, but there is a mission there that you can do later on as well. That, again, probably going to end up as like an adventure episode, <laughs> not necessarily this episode. Uh, yeah, and I will say as you go through the game, they do expand their business a little bit as well. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I might have to check back. Yeah, there's some stuff. I mean, the thing is, most of what they end up carrying will be stuff that you've already seen, and it's not comprehensive it's just mm. it's like the more you discover in the game the bigger their shop gets to just kind of reflect that it's interesting um but again not they don't like become the hot spot for shopping or anything <laughs> they just you know it's more like a marker Hyrule market yeah in fact i think this whole place kind of develops as you play the game which is really cool like i'm hanging out here now and i'm I'm just seeing that there are NPCs that were not there when we first got here, and I'm avoiding talking about them currently, but I guess what I say, this is also a development project, uh, which is really cool. Hmm. Uh, I might have to check back. Robbie's here. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I was going to say, one other place you can check out is uh, Robbie's. I think it actually belongs to Josha. I think this is Josha's room, like this where she's doing all of her research. But Robbie's here helping her. Uh, Robbie eventually will go back to one of the other research labs around Hyrule. But for now, he's here helping out Joshua. Uh, and he wants, well, actually, Josh is the one that wants to go into the depths. Yeah, which we haven't even mentioned until now. But now would be the time because they actually do have a mission for this uh, here. And uh, here's what I'll say at this point in the game we've done a ton in the depths and there's actually one huge like early mission uh that is connected to this but i actually think that would be better for next episode like like not just any adventure episode like our next episode is an adventure episode and i think that that would be a perfect candidate for that guy cuz you don't have to do it there's nothing telling you to like like really urging you to do it yeah um, yeah, and I <clears throat> I definitely missed it and I don't think I did it for a while until after you guys did it. Yeah. So Yeah, it was not my first introduction to the depths. I'd already <laughs> gone down there on my own. <laughs> yeah. So I can I mean, if you want, I can do just like a quick rundown of what happens here at the very intro of this concept. Because mm -hmm. Joshua wants to go to the depths and she has a little piece of like a plaque that they found. Uh that was I, I think they actually found it in the depths like they had like a, a team go down just once uh and find this little chunk of a mural and bring it back and she's like totally nerding out over it because that's what all the researchers do in this game <laughs> i mean she's actually got it's funny you see like chunks of zonite and some other things that were pulled up from the depths uh including what appears to be a statue that just says pose when you try to talk to it yeah because <laughs> apparently you can you can pray at the statue but it just you know gives it says like pose dot 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 uh so it's kind of a mystery but eventually what you get from this whole area is that joshua wants to go to the depths to try to find out more about this mural robbie's like no don't do that it's way too dangerous link shows up and it's like i'll go and robbie's like well hold up if you're going uh, I'll go with you, but there's no way Josh is going. So Robbie invites you on this like mission 
uh, for Josh's purposes, but led by you, you and him. Well, it ends up being mostly him. Yeah, so he he gets down there before he's like, meet me by the chasm, right? So there's a big chasm kind of out the door, pretty far ways off actually, outside of the landing. Uh, I think it's like outside of actual all of Central Hyrule, that kind of thing, or like South Hyrule Field, maybe. Yeah, it's still in Hyrule Field, pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so Hyrule Field Chasm is where he invites you to go. Uh, it's not that far. It's it is south of of the landing though. Uh, so opposite direction from the castle. And there's a researcher kind of standing up at the top, I think, who's like, yeah, Robbie just jumped on in. Like, I, I didn't know what to say to him, but yeah, he's in there now. Uh, and so you can go in after him. You kind of jump down, use your sailcloth, all that. You land. There's another researcher down there who's like, yeah, Robbie ran off into the darkness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all right, cool. He's like, if, yeah, if you want to follow him, just go to that next light route. I think that's where he was going. So you learn this whole system of how there are light roots in the depths. Um, I think this is even where you learn from Robbie, because you, you end up catching up with him. You go like maybe two light roots in, and you end up catching up with him. And he mentions how the light roots have some kind of connection with the shrines up above, but he doesn't know the nature of it. Like He doesn't know exactly what that means or how it works. But I'm pretty sure he makes some kind of mention of that. He's also a G... <laughs> too because he leaves like i think he left like three journals <laughs> along the way for you to get to him and each journal he just directly calls you you he's like hey when you and it's like capitalized in the text he's like get here you need to remember that like this you know light these light fruits do this and he like tells you like kind of how to navigate yeah if like you couldn't figure it out and i'm just like oh wow <laughs> Yeah, like I've already explored so much of this. This is useless to me, but I could see how if that was your first adventure, right? That and, would definitely be helpful. And for me, like it, it was the first time I went down there, just because I found the mission to do so, and I was like, all right, I guess if they want me to go down, I'll go down. It makes sense to me. Very um, Noxtella moment, right? Like jumping down to the chasm and seeing a whole second high rule <laughs> underneath high rule. Basically, I mean, and that's not necessarily discernible yet. Uh, if this is your first mission, you only see like two light routes, and you're like, oh, okay. So, like, they got some cool network of underground, whatever. Uh, but it is more than that. So, the game is introducing some systems here, uh, in, including like, how do you light up the darkness? <laughs> how do you deal with the gloom? You know, what is a what is a gloomified enemy, and why are you know why are they? <laughs> Uh, going to be a consistent problem. Kind of explains what the Sundalions are for <laughs> as well. Even though it doesn't outright explain it, I mean, it, it's just kind of like putting two and two together at this point. Uh, that the game is is uh, striking a balance between the sky and the depths uh, in terms of resources. Sunflower, best flower. Yeah, so like Sky Islands are where you're going to find most of your Sundalions, which are going to help you navigate the depths and that they can cure gloom. Uh, if you get gloomified, you basically lose a heart permanently. But also above ground in caves and also on Sky Islands and caves as well, uh, you find a lot of your bright bloom seeds, which is what you uh, use when you're in the depths to actually light up areas. So 
I mean, and then in the devs, you get stuff like muddle buds and bomb flowers more often. Uh, so the game definitely does this thing where, like, based on what area you're in, you'll be getting more resources for a different purpose than where you are. It's almost like um, the I think the most recent Doom game did this kind of thing where you'd have to switch between melee and short range and long range combat in order to get like ammunition and stuff for the next thing. Like it was, it just kept you cycling through game modes kind of. It's one of those things. It's like, it's a resource balancing act. It's really well done. Like it definitely makes it so that, you know, you'll, you'll basically explore one area until you're bored or until you're low on resources. And then you'll be like, yeah, that's enough of that. Let me go somewhere else now. Um, just mm-hmm. kind of drives you around into the different zones of the game rather than rather than incentivizing you to stick in one the whole time um so i think that's pretty cool uh when we do catch up with robbie it's right by a statue that looks just like what Joshua has on her uh little you know pad thing so it's perfect he teaches you how to take a picture <laughs> with your prayer pad i think i think the camera functionality is actually broken on your pad until you get to this point yeah, it is. Uh, which is the mm-hmm. other reason why you'd want to do this early in the game, in case you know you want to do you want to do the whole uh, compendium project. And so that's kind of it. I mean, you take the picture, you take it back up to Joshua. She's thrilled, of course she is. And then they're kind of like, yeah, if you find any other mysteries in the depths or any other happenings, let us know. But yeah, for now they kind of leave it at that for you. I think they make a mention on how like there was actually a row of statues. And Robbie was kind of curious. Hey, I wonder what would happen if you followed these, but mm-hmm. but they don't actually give you a mission to do that. They're just kind of like, yeah, like I wonder. It's just like another one of those nudges of like, hey, here's something else you might be interested in. Following those statues is one of the ways that you can get to the adventure that we're going to talk about next time. <laughs> uh, what an adventure it is! Yeah. But that's uh that's the first depth encounter that I had. You know what I find very annoying? When I got back to the Josh's lab and I you know, she has those those zonite chunks just sitting there in the table. And I tried taking them and she Those are for research purposes. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, girl, I have over three hundred in my pocket right now, my pocket dimension that I could just give you. <laughs> I could, if I could just let me borrow these, like you could have a hundred. I have like hundreds. You could just have them. No, she's like, those are mine. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. You can keep them. Yeah. That does, that does happen. I mean, after you help her with the first mission though, then she's like, yeah, take whatever you need. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 I've taken all take those them. things. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I definitely did the mission and she wouldn't let me take it. Yeah, she just she you know she's really cagey about her resources until she realizes that you're actually like the best research uh, resource she has, and then she's like, "Yeah, take whatever you need." I need to go back there. She did. She didn't like me, man. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you tried I've tried to, to take, take them multiple stuff. times. Maybe she's just like, "Nah, you you can't. You you, you done messed up." Oh, your final name's Lunker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's funny. I mean, I haven't gotten any more missions from her, I don't think, but um, definitely a cool little vignette onto what we've been doing. So, 
Is this also where the pose statue becomes a little more talkative? Yes. While you're down here, if you manage to find some pose, or if you, you know, you've been in the depths a bunch, uh, there are little spirits on the ground. Uh, little like wisps, I would say. Uh, and you can just kind of collect them. And since that statue wants pose, you go back to it equipped with pose and you can offer pose. Um, basically, he he then, you know, the, the statue gives you more than just one word. And he's like, yeah, I basically I return these wandering spirits to the afterlife that they're actually meant to be going to. He's like he has this like philosophical bit about how good and evil are are kind of made up uh, in terms of like spirits. There's no such concern. I just <laughs> they're all going to the same place, and I'm just here to ferry them there, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and so he wants you to return Pose to him so that he can send them to where they belong. Uh, and if you do this, you can get rewards. So this is actually a currency system, one of many. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. We already have the Zonite system, the ru- the rupee system. Now we have a Poe system. The bubble gem has not become a system yet, but spoiler, it will be a system. The crystallized um, charge system. Yep. The crystallized charge system. The light of blessing system. Like there's just. Oh yeah. Sage wills system. Sage wills. Yeah. yeah. There's so many. What, what, yeah, what is stuff. that, guys? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. What? There are sages in this game? What's a sage's what anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's there's a bunch of different things going on. And you can also pay this statue to locate his brethren within the depths. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another mechanic where the more statues you found, because there are statues in the depths, uh, the more they will sell you. Uh, and yeah, well, I guess I don't want to give away too much, so I won't like give numbers or anything like that or say what is on offer, but that's just another mechanic. Another, another thing for you to be on the lookout for. There are tricks to it, but I won't get into that either. It's very cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that, I mean, as far as I can tell, I think that's. Uh, the one other thing that we get here at Lookout Landing this early, there's like a little construction uh, mini side quest thing that I haven't run through yet. But so far what I've gotten is that there's somebody from Hudson here who wants to build a stable. Oh. And you can just put the roof on the stable and then they're like, oh, this is amazing. Now we can have a stable. Uh, and that's as far as I've gotten with it. Carson, right? Yeah, I think it's Carson. Yeah, he's he's yeah. there doing some repairs and some construction around the site. Good old Carson. First first order of business is a stable. Uh, yeah, it's nice. You can have a stable there, and it doesn't have a point system. If we don't know about this yet, there another system in the game for currency. Other currencies. But stables, which if you've played Breath of the Wild, you know that you can board horses and take horses and sleep and have beetle. But this particular stable is at Lookout Landing, and the only good thing that this stable has is you can take or board a horse. You can't do anything else at the stable. There's no inn, there's no beetle, there's no point system. It's just straight up a horse boarding place or takeout. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's, and it's funny, it's not the only 
one like that too. I mean, there's just, just like pseudo stables. I mean, that not there aren't a ton of them. I'm not gonna say that like I've found a bunch, but I know there's at least one other one that we'll get to. Um, where you can just kind of like stock stock one horse <laughs> or something. Like it's just interesting. Um what you're able to do in this game. Uh very cool. Um and then we can find Penn at the tower. Um, and Penn is a member of the Lucky Clover Gazette, which is the newspaper system, kind of like how Tracy used to have. I don't, I don't remember what the it was like. She had a rumor mill, Tracy's rumor mill, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where she would tell you not only about like DLC items, but also just like mysteries in the game that you could go solve. Fun little side quest. You could actually meet Tracy in the game. She's still in this game. And the Lucky Clover Gazette, uh, the first person we meet from it is this guy, Penn, who is a uh, pelican-type Rito. I know that we kind of had a discussion. We kind of debated, is he a pelican or not? I, I still think he looks like a pelican, but... Um, yeah, straight up a pelican. Yeah. It's a cool character. S- says sore long <laughs> when it comes time to say goodbye. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he talks about how there's like actually a bunch of different Zelda, uh, related rumors and sightings and, uh, events going on around the world right now. Uh, and that they, you know, the Lucky Clover is kind of short staffed and it could use some help makes a, uh, a suggestion to link to come visit the Lucky Clover and see what, uh, you know, what they can do to what you can do to help and also like investigate this mystery for yourself at the same time. There's been a lot of word about things happening. I mean, especially since he is a Rito and he comes from the Rito area, the game very strongly suggests that uh, the Rito are in the most dire need right now. Uh, their whole land has been kind of taken over by a blizzard. I think Pura even says when she gives you like the notion that they're you know the four major regions are not doing so well i think she kind of points you that way as well yeah 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 right and that's the next thing i was just like how the yeah just like how the first game kind of pushes you to the zoras first this game kind of pushes you to the rito first yeah as part of the upheaval i think like in addition to the upheaval i i guess like there have been these huge anomalies uh and it's funny because they're actually in the exact same four (laughs) like locations uh as the first game like for it's like the four uh the different races of hyrule right that's what we that's what yeah. they've traditionally been called uh so you know the gorons the rito the zora and the gerudo they're they're all having these anomalies but the way that she orders them she, she you know she mentions like like hey you know specifically like the rito have it real bad with this storm you should probably check that out but also <laughs> Like the Goron, the Zora, and the Gerudo are all having issues as well. So that's the order that I w- I've been planning to play this game in. Uh, just the order that was kind of laid out right in the beginning. Not that that's a necessity or anything like that. Yeah, it's definitely very Breath of the Wild that you can take these in any order you want, or you can do none of them at all and just go right to the end of the game. Uh, really? But I, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> That's that. four heart run, <laughs> four heart run, four heart run, baby. <laughs> nothing but nothing but tree sticks with rocks attached to them. Baby. 
That's all you need. I think you need. I think what I heard was you need at least the paraglider. <laughs> okay. To to get to where you need to beat the game, but other than that, like I think you're good. If you want to go do that, you can't make the point. landing if you don't have the paraglider. Four hearts will yeah. not do it for you. Uh, I just found like an underground ocean. All right. So anyway, um, this is the first time I think I've actually tried to do a podcast while playing the game actively, and I got very <laughs> distracted just now. Um, so yeah. Uh, so we learn about the four anomalies, and we're kind of sent on our way. Uh, and for me, the very, the very obvious, like this is what the developers would like you to do uh, to get the f- full, great, like first experience of the game, is to head up uh, northwest towards the Rito. So, uh, so that's what I did. I think uh, when we do our adventure episode next time, I'll probably be talking about things that happen specifically between uh, Central Hyrule and the Rito area, aside from that whole depth bit that I mentioned as well. Um, so yeah, it should be a fun time. Our, so the way this... I mean, is there anything else about the landing we want to talk about before I get into next episode? I think we covered it. All right, so yeah. that so that is like the first impression of of Central High Rule. I mean, it's really cool. That it seems like they're trying to, you know, actually rebuild, make something of what they have. Um, they they have enough of a society where suddenly we're finding NPCs that we've never met before, which I think is, uh, probably one of the most important things for them to have put in the game was like, hey, by the way, like there's actually changes being made as a result of your work in the last game, that kind of thing. Um, there's more of a society. There's more of like these fleshed out NPCs and designed areas for them to live in and make Hyrule like a actual civilization that's uh, addressing these problems. Aside from just Link <laughs> being the one out there doing everything. So yeah, so very very happy with this section of the game. Had a lot of fun playing it, even though it's very tutorial-y still. Uh, we're just about to get out of it, and quite honestly, we're not quite out of it yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, so very cool. Uh, for next episode, we are doing what we are calling our adventure episodes, which we don't have a main theme for, uh, in a sense that like we're all kind of coming in with different stories, different approaches to the game. Um we don't really have a full-on chapter-by-chapter approach available to us for this season because this is the first time we've all played the game. Um, and it's it would be too hard for us to try to control the story that much. So instead, we're going to tell our own individual stories as we kind of make our way through. I know we, we are all kind of planning on hitting some major story beats together, uh, or at least in the same order as much as is reasonable, uh, namely the anomalies. Right. But in between those anomalies, we're going to talk about how we kind of got to each one differently, what we did in the meantime, that kind of thing. So next episode will be our first freestyle adventure episode. Uh, and then from there, we'll probably start making our way towards the Rito. Um, but yeah, hope you all enjoyed this episode. And um, I guess I'll just tie a bow on it. Um, thank you so much for coming and listening to the A for No B for Yes show. I know this is like our first live show. We did this for the Linktober Creator Con 2023. Uh, if you're listening to this years in the future, um, and that's an interesting timestamp for you, I guess. It doesn't mean anything. It's just 
we don't really do live recordings for the most part. I think it's the first time we've ever even tried it. And it went overall uh, about as smooth and or smoother than I thought it would go. So um, maybe we'll do it again in the future. I don't know. But um, but yeah. Uh, I'll stay. <laughs> can't wait for the next episode. I hope you guys can join us for that one as well. And um, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can on our website, A for No, B for Yes. It's like a Wix site. The link will be in the description, uh, as always. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely reach out with your own experiences of the game. Uh, any kind of comments, critiques, whatever. Um, just go right ahead and and contact us there. Uh, but yeah, hope you all have a good few weeks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of A for No, B for Yes. I'm playing the game over here. Did you get all that? Gobble I'm Nerd Bomber. And I'm Tectic. And we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now... Back to the show.